Last week, I began uh, a part one on fasting, and so I'm going to conclude it tonight, I believe, unless the Lord has more to add to it, and He could. (laughs) I said this many times last week, fasting doesn't change God, it changes us. Fasting transforms us. Fasting changes our outer garment that we wear. Our prayer is sanctified by fasting. Our prayer is multiplied by fasting. Our prayer is, 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 I may have said sanctified, intensified, multiplied, sanctified, and we are transformed through fasting. Jesus explained it this way to his disciples. He was, he was talking to them about, um, they asked, they said, well, why is it that your disciples aren't fasting? We know the Pharisees fast. How come your disciples aren't fasting? And in Mark chapter 2, verse 18, Jesus explained it to them. He says, they aren't going to fast right now because the bridegroom is here with them. But soon enough, when he's taken, they will fast. And as we find out all through Scripture, every one of them fasted. After Jesus says this, then he immediately goes into this picture about wineskins. And he talks about how that we don't put new wine into old wineskins because it'll crack. And I want you to think of, and I know that as I looked over this scripture, there 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 were people, proponents, commentaries on both sides saying, well, you know what, they had to be brand new wineskins, and others said, no, you know what, they could have been renewed wineskins. I'm gonna, I, I don't know exactly which, but I'm gonna, when I explain this to you through the, the Greek in just a moment, I'm going to let you make, come up with your own conclusion. I want you to picture these wineskins that hadn't been used. They would they'd probably throw them outside their, their tent. And it, over in Jerusalem, in, 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 in the uh, Judea, it was very hot in the summer, very dry. So those wineskins would crack. And there was only one way to make those wineskins usable. Because that outer shell was probably like a goat skin. Have you ever had goat skin gloves? They're soft. They're nice. But you know, if you leave them out, and if you leave them out they're going to they're gonna get, they're gonna get cracked and they're going to get dry. So that's what was happening with these wineskins. And when we look at the phrase where Jesus says there, He talks about the new wine into new... New wineskins. There's two different words that are used. He says, brand new wine. He says, the Greek word is neos. And it means brand new. You know, it's, 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 it's not old wine. It's brand new wine. It's being poured in. And then he talks about the new wineskins. But he, he, the word new there is a different word. It's the word kenos. So to me, there's, there must be something figurative here that Jesus was wanting to say. And I want you to think about, how do you renew an old wineskin? You take a dried up old wineskin, and you submerge it in water. You probably put rocks on top of it, so that the the moisture would come back into that wineskin. And I want you just to to visualize, just for a moment, that, that process, that taking place in us spiritually. God wants to submerse us, The Holy Spirit is represented of water. He wants to submerse us in the Holy Spirit. That way, that that dry, that cracking that's taking place can all of a sudden become supple and, and able to be used. Fasting is just like that. 
Fasting expands us. It softens us. It makes us pliable. It gets us ready for the power of God to flow through us. I want you guys, I was thinking about this week, this week, and I believe the Lord just imparted this into me. I was listening to Alistair Petrie, and he, he talks, he's, some of you guys have got the, the, the CDs and stuff, and he talks about uh, transformation, what we're trying to see happen in our community. And I want you to know right now, this is happening all over the United States in little towns, in little, in little burgs. What's happening is it's coming out of the church, and people are, are fed up with church and what they want is the power of God. They want the presence of God. They want that, that's the only thing that is going to change our, our environment. You know, the church has sat back and watched as this world has gone exactly where it is today, to hell, right? And, what, and as I was thinking about this fasting, I, he, he, talked to, he gave me this figurative thing. He said that when we want to pray over a situation, we place our hand on the situation. Now again, I want you to picture this figuratively. This is, this is us as Christians. When there's a, a problem or a situation or a circumstance that needs to be changed, we place our hand on that situation and then we place our other hand on God. And what we want to do as we intercede is we want the power of God to change that situation. We have no power within ourselves, but we know that God, we know where our source is. So when we grab a hold of God and we grab a hold of the problem, then we ask God, you know what, God, do a transformation. Do a transformation right through me. And fasting, what fasting does is it changes that conduit. You know, those of you who, are, who are, have some electrical background, a 110 cord versus a 220, you know how much thicker it is. Or, or think about it like this, that's your, your water hose out there. Think of yourself, if you have a water hose that's about this big, but you go get yourself a, a, a fire hose that's about that big, how much more water is going to run through that? Fasting does that for our lives. What it does is it increases the volume from the transfer from God to the situation. God has not changed. His power is the same. His power is limitless. Where is the problem? The problem is right here. The problem is right here. It's in that connection. God wants to enlarge our conduit. He wants to enlarge us so that we can be that vessel to transfer. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We become that person who stands in the gap. That's what I want you to know tonight. As you're fasting, you are standing in the gap. You're standing in the gap for people tonight who maybe just can't get free on their own. You are standing in the gap for those who need deliverance. You're standing in gap for transformation for our city. You're standing in the gap for Nelsons who are what 1,042 days, I believe. What? 1,046. 1,006. 1,006. Clean. You're standing in the gap for those that right now may be sitting in jail, contemplating what they're going to do with their life. You are standing in the gap for them. Because you know what? If they end up right here in this place, if they end up here at Sequoia Dawn, or they end up in that trailer park, or Tule River Drive, we're going to be witnessing to them. You know, I was, I was reading about this week, about in Oakland, the city of Oakland, they took this, this, the worst part of town, and they took this church that was just like us. We weren't, they weren't, just, weren't the, the, the typical church, but they knew how to praise God. And they took them, and they put them in the worst, worst neighborhood of town. 
And every weekend, they began to re- release praise of, of God right there. And they began to just give out hot dogs and do whatever they can in that, in that neighborhood. And that neighborhood began to be transformed. The drug dealers began to move out. The dr- and, and, and those who were doing evil deeds began to move out. And that atmosphere began to change in that, that place because they began to praise. They began to release the praise of God into the atmosphere. That's what happens when we do this. They took that same little group, and they, they, that, the, the, this was the police department that took them. The next thing they did, they said, well, we want you to take you over here to this neighborhood. We got another neighborhood over here for you. That's what we do when we go in, when we permeate the atmosphere. You guys, fasting, that conduit gets greater. The volume gets greater. The pliableness of us gets greater. We can, we can now see the power of God transferred into that situation. Intercession. Fasting expands us Spiritually. Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30. It says, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. God is looking for people, men and women, young people. He's looking for people that will stand in the gap. His eyes, the Bible, the Bible says, they range throughout the earth looking for people, looking for men to show Himself strong on behalf of them. God's looking for that for our lives. He wants us to stand in the gap. Increase our capacity. Increase our intensity. Increase our ability. The disciples were trying to cast that, the demon out of the boy and they could not. And then Jesus said to this in Matthew 17, 21, it says, But this kind does not go out except... By prayer and fasting. Fasting. Fasting combined with our prayer is intensified. Faith is increased when we fast. God is not changed. He remains the same. Fasting takes us out of the natural and into the supernatural. We walk in the spirit realm. We become the conduit that God uses to bring that transformation. You know what? This week, I don't know how many of you guys, maybe even today because you were fasting. I know as soon as I began to fast earlier in this week, the enemy was right there ready to let me know he was right there. I told my wife, I said, he fired a dart and it hit me. It struck me in the back when I wasn't watching. And... I, and, and for a couple hours, I was... Some of you guys go, a couple hours, that's all you were down? Well, yeah. For, my, for me, that's down for a while, okay? If I'm down for two hours, I'm, that's not good. And I told my wife, I said, but you know what? God showed me very quickly how to extinguish that dart. And I was able to stand firm where I needed to be with God. I'm not going out and picking a fight with the devil. The Bible tells us to stand. When you've done all you can do, Stand. I'm going to stand my ground. He is not going to make any way into my life. I'm going to stand my... You know, I said it a long time ago. I said, if, if the devil comes knocking at your do- heart's door, you let Jesus answer the door. In the book of Daniel, Daniel 9, verse 2, it says, In the first year of his reign, and this is King Darius, he says, I, Daniel, stood... Understood from among the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord, given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, and in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Now Daniel, first of all, we all know, Daniel is a godly man. 
The reason he was thrown in the lion's den is because he prayed. And Daniel here, he goes back to the prophet. Now, I'm going to read, let me read real quick what Jeremiah says so we can get an understanding what Daniel was looking at. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10, it says, This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back into the place for which I carried you into exile. Now I want you to think, what would our churches today, what would even myself, if God gives us this promise, says, okay, I banished you guys 70 years over to Babylon. And they mourned and they cried. And, and, and remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we have Daniel over there. And this is all taking place over in Babylon. 70 years. And the Lord says, tells Jeremiah, he says, and when those 70 years is up, when, it's, when you get ready, I'm going to deliver you back. Now, most of us in churches today, we'd go, okay, hey, that's good. He's going to deliver us. That's good. Hey, all we got to do is sit back now and wait for him to deliver me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. It's going to happen. Glory to God. But Daniel doesn't take that approach. The Bible says that Daniel understood from the Scriptures, according to the word of the Lord, given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So he turned to the Lord. And he pleaded in prayer and petition. And fasting. This is Daniel. This is a godly man. He understood that, you know what, when God gives us a promise, that promise isn't for us to just sit back and go, Thank you, Lord. Let the sun come on down on me. No, we have to pray it. Daniel understood that. He said, you know what? I'm going to set my face to the Lord. I'm going to turn back towards the Lord. I am going to fast and I'm going to pray and I'm going to see this thing accomplished. If God has given you a promise, God gave me a promise that He was going to heal my wife. It would have never happened if I had just sat back and said, okay, you know what? That's good. I'm glad He said that to me. Now all I have to do is walk in that. No, what I had to do was I had to begin to pray it into existence. I had to pray. You know, we have creative power within us. God made us in the image of Himself, the Bible says. If you didn't go any further than the first couple verses of Genesis, all you would know about us and God is that we are just like Him. And the Bible says that all He did was create. We can speak. We have the power of life and death in our tongue. I told Billy this week, I, I was t we were talking about that, and I said, when, and, and as Christians, as Bible believers, as Spirit-filled believers, we have the power of, of, of life is in the tongue. We can either dispatch the enemy, or we can dispatch the angels. When we speak forth things that are evil, you know what? We just dispatch the devil. We just dispatch the enemy. When we begin to speak bad about our president, we just dispatch another enemy right there. You know what we got to begin to do? Is we need to begin to dispatch angels into the atmosphere. We need to dispatch angels to begin to take control of what's going on. Not speak those things of death anymore. So I turn to the Lord, Daniel said. One, one version says, I set my face to the Lord. 
He resolved. No distractions, no discouragement, no opposition would hold him back until he had gained and obtained the full assurance of the Lord. He says, I pleaded with him in prayer and petition and in fasting, Daniel says. Daniel realized that he needed his prayers intensified. Fasting brings us into that alignment. You know what? When your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, begins to get out here in front, and I will tell you, I've said it before, he's like a NASCAR racer. The soul likes to get right out there, he drafts on by, and he wants to get out there in front and lead. He's, he's not a good leader. The soul is not a good leader. God has designed the spirit to be in front because our spirit is, comes into alignment with the spirit of God. Amen. Put your soul back where he belongs. Mind, will, and emotions. You are in subjection to my spirit and my spirit is in subjection to the things of God. Like Buddy and we were talking this week. You know what? God, we asked the Holy Spirit, just possess us. Take control of me. I give you everything. I want more of you. It's you, God, I want. Daniel was already a godly man, but the Bible says that he repented. In Daniel 9, 5, it says, we, he, he says that we have sinned and we have done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. This doesn't sound like a very positive message today for our churches, does it? You know, how would you like to go? You go to church. Well, you do guys come to Tuesday night and you guys do get a little bit of that. But I'll tell you, how would you like to you go to your church every Sunday and he says, okay, Today, I'd like to give you a message that's going to build you up. But what I'm going to actually do is we're going to repent. Ooh, that sounds fun. Ooh, yes. Yeah, that's what I want. Positive message. It is a positive message. That's what D Daniel understood. He was not an ungodly man, but he knew the sins of the people. He knew the sins of himself. The Bible says if we say we're without sin, then we're fooling ourselves. But Daniel stood before God and he began to repent. He cried out. He fasted. He understood Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen. It says, "If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, it's a fourfold thing that happens. We humble ourselves by fasting. Fasting humbles us. How many of you guys are? How many of you are fasting right now? How are you fat? Okay, you know what? And how many of you are hungry? <laughs> I'm hungry too." But you know what? I'd rather have God. I'd rather have the Lord. I'd rather have... I would rather increase the conduit from heaven to the situation. I want the, I want the power of God flowing through me. In, in Joel chapter 2, we've all, we've all heard this scripture. It says, In the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your, your, your old man will dream dreams. Your young man will prophesy. And, and, he go, and your, I, one of them will bring visions. I'm not one of those. I've got to mess around there. But anyway, in Joel chapter 2, we like, to, we like to hear that scripture. It gets us excited, especially as Pentecostals. But if you look back at Joel chapter 1 verse 14, Joel says this. He says, Declare a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord, your God, and cry out to the Lord. Before there will ever be a pouring out, there's got to be fasting and prayer. Joel doesn't leave it there. In Joel chapter 2, he goes to it again. He says in, in verse 12, he says, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. And if that wasn't enough, 
Joel goes one more time in verse 15. He says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Guys, that's what God's calling us to. That's why we do corporate repentance. That's why we're doing a corporate fast. Because we want to see the power of God change lives. And you know what? In verse 17, I'm going to throw this in. This is just a little side note to you. It says, And let the priests, the Lord's ministers, weep between the porch and the altar. Leadership has an obligation to lead. Corporately, we are, we are called as men and women of God to be leaders. We're to set that example. Then individually, as leadership, we weep. We, we crawl between the porch and the altar. And we cry out to God. That's what God is calling leadership. Leadership should be leading the way. Leadership should not be taking the back seat and us having to spur them on, but the leadership should be stepping out in front and saying, you know what, this is where we should be going. This is what God's calling us to. You know what, He says, let the priests and the Lord's ministers weep between the altar to blow the trumpet in Zion, declare that holy fast. And then in Joel 2.28, and he, he says, and afterward... This is why I wanted you to get a picture of this because I think when we see it in the New Testament where Peter talks about it on the day of Pentecost, he says, and this is that, what was prophesied in the book of Joel in chapter 2. He says, but here in Joel, he says, and afterward I will pour out my spirit. What is he, what's afterward? Afterward is after you've done the fasting. After the leadership has gone to the altar and wept and fasted before God. That's when God will pour out His Spirit. And I'm going to tell you guys right now that the, the, the day of Pentecost was the first rain. And, but there is a latter day rain coming in the last days. And we are living in it right now. we got to begin to pray the power of God to come. The Spirit of God to come. But it's only going to come when we, get, we make that solemn fast. We repent before God. And we get, our, we get our lives in line. We get ourselves in alignment with God. Then and only then can we see the power of God. Then can we see Him pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. It's coming. I'm going to read Isaiah 58. We're going to close with this. Isaiah 58 says, Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people the rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For the day... For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near to them. He says, why have we fasted? They say, and you have not seen it. Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? This is, this is them speaking to God. Yet, on, all, on the day of your fasting, you do as you please, and you exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarrels and strife, and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today, and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? 
Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? Now this is, G- this is God speaking back. He says, this is the kind of fast I've chosen to loosen the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your, own, from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and He will say, to, say Here am I. The last part says, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of finger and malicious talk, if you spend yourselves, if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always and He will satisfy your needs in the sun-scorched land and will strengthen your fame. frame. You will be like the well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called the repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. That's what God's calling us to today. Not a fast that is not, that all it does is, is, is it bows low. It's a fast that says, God, I give you myself. I want my life to come in alignment with the Spirit of God. He's saying here, he says, if you're fasting, and I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you, men, this is the illustration, because 1 Peter says this, if we are in, in strife with our wife, if we're not walking in, in wholeness with our wife, the Bible says that our prayers are hindered. That's how it is with fasting. Your fasting means nothing if you're not Walking in the Spirit and you're not doing the things that God's called us to do. Walking in love. Walking in that place where God's calling us, drawing us out of the world and bring us into His glorious light. That's where He wants to place us. Fasting must. It's there to give us power. It's there to intensify. It's there to multiply. It's there to satisfy. Fasting does all those things through prayer. And when we grab a hold of God, and we grab a hold of the situation, I want that hose to be like a fire hose. I want everything that God has. And I want a good connection. Just think about it. If you don't have a good connection, the water goes spraying everywhere. I want a good, tight connection to God, and I want a connection to what's going on down here so I can take care of the situation. His kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. We bring that about with our fasting and our prayers. You take that with you tonight. Tonight, as I close, you want to put this for me? We're going to go back into worship. I want you guys to just open your hearts. This first song even says that. It says, let go of your mind. Let go of what you think it has to look like. I'm going to encourage you too as we, as we 
pray. We're, we're gonna, this, the worship songs are going to go for a little while. And as that happens, if you feel, you know what, you just say to yourself, you know what, God, I want more. I'm not satisfied. I want that hose to be connected to heaven. I want that funnel of everything you want to do, the power of God to flow into this situation. And Lord, start right here with me. Pastor Mark has been saying that he's got a book of his daughters that says revival begins right here in this circle. This is where revival begins. Right here with me. With you. As we worship tonight, I'm going to encourage you. If you just, you know, you're going to see one of the videos. It's, it's a, a worship service in a church. And the people just come forward because they just want more of God. I don't want you to come up here to get my attention. I want you to come up here because you know what? You want His attention. The Bible says He is spinning wildly over you. How come I can't spin wildly back over Him? Man, I mean, think about that just for a minute. Those words in the Hebrew and in the Greek are so powerful. It doesn't mean, you know, joy, joyful. No, it means He, he whips around violently to, 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 over us. He's excited for us. And Jesus did that for his disciples. That to me, I would have loved to have been there. Mm. Jesus, spinning wildly over his disciples. Wow. Wow.